American Redoubt Radio Operators Network and is a nationwide disaster preparedness network made up of patient-oriented radio operators. So, Amron phonetically, Alpha, Mike, Romeo, Romeo, Oscar, November. This is a directed net, so please hold any traffic until that control station calls for it. Any emergency traffic may break in at any time. Whether you're seasoned or new, this is the place for patriots, preppers, and partisans who understand the necessity of being able to receive and share information with others. When conventional communications are disrupted or compromised, grid up or grid down, this is Partisan Radio. Welcome to Volume 26 of Partisan Radio. I'm John Jacob Schmidt. We are currently at AMCON 5, which is the lowest AMRON condition level with no known threats to our communications infrastructure. And if you are a net control operator, be sure to announce the most current AMCON level in the preamble of your net script. If the AMCON level changes, we will update the website and send a notification out over the app and emails out to AMRON Core. Thank you all for tuning in and participating in the most recent nets. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving and we look forward to seeing you on the nets this week. Now, a special announcement. Next week, we will be holding a contest, and we will be giving away a couple of prizes. For the adults, the prizes are to be announced. For the kids, 16 and younger, for the next generation of partisan radio operators and communicators, listen up. We will be giving away a Red Rider Daisy Carbine Action 200-shot range model BB gun with a compass in the stock. That is a factory-installed compass in the stock, a very rare collector item that we were able to track down from the Daisy Museum, and we will be giving away a Daisy Red Rider Carbine Action 200-shot range model BB gun with a compass in the stock. Now, this is going to be an encrypted one-time pad message that will be put out next Sunday, December 6th, on Radio Free Readout. And then the same message will be put out December 7th, the following day, on Partisan Radio. Entries must be received no later than 8 p.m. Zulu time. Pay attention. 8 p.m., 2000 hours, Zulu time, the following Sunday, December 13th. That's the deadline. And the drawing will be held that night. And uh, the winner of the Red Rider Carbine Action 200-shot range model BB gun with a compass in the stock will be announced on December 13th on Radio Free Redoubt. And the young partisan will be notified. So please make sure you send us your code name, even if you have to make one up, but not your real name. So we can announce it over the air. We'll make arrangements to have that shipped to you so you can have it by Christmas. From the history this week category, I wanted to share something that a listener passed along. Uh, it is a, a great commentary and expose on numbers stations. And this Amron member sends this in. 
I heard this episode of 99% Invisible today and thought you might be interested in it. It's a shortwave radio thing talking about radio in espionage. They mention one-time pads. And, of course, those are number stations, which when we do put out numbers for one-time pad messages for training, those often comes out, come out sounding very similar to what you might hear on a numbers station, which is presumably how governments are communicating with agents in the field anywhere in the world over HF radio. Very fascinating. And yes, those are one-time pads that are used for that. I'm going to post this website. It is uh, on iTunes, so you can download that and listen to that. It's uh, episode 97 of the 99% Invisible podcast. I listened to that, and I have a copy of of that, and uh, it is fascinating to listen to. Very informative. I wanted to pass that on. I also had an email this week asking someone who was asking if I'd be interested in helping them spread the word that they will be offering fully programmed radios on eBay soon. Well, my response was this. Thank you for letting me know. However, For the sake of sending a consistent message, we're focused on pressing radio users and operators to being able to program their own radios, both with software and by the keypad in the field. This is to reinforce the more comprehensive knowledge base of their own equipment, as well as self-reliance. This is really important for you to learn to program your radio, both in the field, using the keypad, and the software. If you pay somebody an extra $5 to program your radio, you're not doing yourself any service. And we want to strongly encourage you to avoid, especially ham radios, that someone is offering to program for you. You need to learn to do that yourself. If you want to buy a radio from them and support their business, then that's fine. But you should be doing your own programming. Here's another letter that came in, and I thought this is a really good point that I I wanted to bring to your attention. He says, he's a new ham, and he says, I was looking at the SOI, and the 40-meter and 80-meter net frequencies seem to be out of the range of my radio. Am I missing something? I have a Yaesu 857 And on 40, it stops at 7.200, and on 80, it stops at 3.800. I can tune those channels, but it is outside my transmit range. Okay, what you have there, my man, is probably, I'm not sure where you bought it. I'm assuming this was off of eBay. But what you have is a IARU Region 1 compliant amateur radio. Uh, or what is also known as a European ham radio. And those are limited based on the IARU region uh, frequencies. So uh, it will only go to a, a, a limited frequency range. And in the United States and the Americas, region two, we're allowed to be able to go higher up on the band or lower up, lower down on the band, whichever way you want to look at it. The point is you have a radio that uh, you're limited. You are limited and you there is a solution. 
Well, there are two solutions. One, you could put the thing back on eBay and sell it to someone else. But I would recommend you probably have a very good radio. There's nothing wrong with it. But what you need to do is modify it. You need to do what's called the mod. Uh, there are several resources, and I'm going to post those on the website for you for today's show and the highlights and the resources posting for volume 26. I strongly recommend that everyone mod their radios so that you are capable of operating outside of the amateur radio bands. Now, there seems to be an ongoing debate over that, and there are a certain segment of those in the ham radio, amateur radio community who say you shouldn't do that because it will keep you from getting in trouble. Well, that's like saying I wish that the government or the manufacturer would limit my car so it will only go 55 miles an hour, not a mile an hour more. If you get in trouble, then you are doing something wrong and you have to face the consequences for it. Or you could be responsible and stay within the legal limits. Now, in an emergency, if I want to ram a car or if I want to go 100 miles an hour to break contact with someone who's possibly trying to harm me, I want that capability there. Just like my radio, if there is an extreme emergency situation, I don't want to be limited to only a certain segment of the bands. An emergency situation might warrant my use of other parts of the electromagnetic spectrum, and I want to have that available to me. And I'm disciplined enough to stay within the amateur radio bands within my license class when there's not an emergency. And just remember, there was a time when using any radio at all by any civilian was illegal. I think it was the Nazi occupation of France and Poland and the rest of Europe. So you need to be prepared to operate your radio anytime, anywhere, on any band if you're forced to. So when you are purchasing a HF radio off of eBay, if it's not already specifically listed, it wouldn't hurt to contact them and ask them, is this IARU Region 2 compliant? And ask them uh, what type of radio, if they have the what many people call European or North American compliant radio. And it shouldn't matter because you're going to modify it anyway. Now, when you modify it, remember, those are very tiny parts. They require a steady hand and magnification if you have it. And you should know what you're doing. So I want to pass this helpful tip on to you because don't try modifying your radio and then fry something and scream at me because I told you to do it. I'm telling you, I highly recommend that you do it and you are responsible for your own actions. Here's something that you can do. That clock radio or whatever it is that you have in your house that you never use and you're thinking about taking it to the thrift store, or if you don't have one, go to the thrift store and buy one for $2 and that is your education project. You're going to tear that thing apart and you're going to practice soldering and desoldering components with that until you're absolutely confident that you can do it on a real radio that you care about. And you want to make sure you're using very fine tips when you're making modifications to your radios. And during peacetime, don't operate outside of the bands. Stay within the legal limits. I have the resources for those and I will post those. So give me about 48 hours to make sure all of those resources are uploaded. It's going to take me a little bit of time. Now, under the security and communications comsec category, I just received an article from one of our intelligence collectors 
And she sent this article to me showing FBI can demand web history, phone location data without a warrant. Now, as freedom and constitutional minded patriot citizens, this concerns us that the federal government can declare that the Constitution, particularly the Fourth Amendment, does not apply to them, and they can seek out data about a citizen and their whereabouts and their activities in an area where a citizen should have the reasonable expectation of privacy, and they can give themselves access to that information. If you remember from the Paris attacks... They are going after encryption, and that's one thing that we really push that you get encrypted capabilities. Now, we're not talking ham radio here. We know that it's not legal to send encryption over ham radio. Once again, though, the capability to do so if you are forced to, should be something that you take into consideration. For example, if Nazi Germany invades the United States and it is a no-holds-barred, rules-out-the-window type of environment for our very survival, then you can absolutely be assured that if you use the radio at all, you may as well send encrypted information over it because you're going to get killed for being caught with the radio anyway. You may as well make it count. But right now, they are going after encryption. There's an article here by techdirt.com that shows, in the wake of the tragic events in Paris last week, encryption has continued to be a useful boogeyman for those with a voracious appetite for surveillance expansion. Like clockwork, numerous reports were quickly circulated suggesting that the terrorists used incredibly sophisticated encryption techniques despite no evidence by investigators that this was even the case. And these reports varied in the amount of hallucination involved, the New York Times even having to pull one such report offline. Other claims the attackers had used encryption, uh, encrypted PlayStation 4 communications were also being debunked. And what this comes down to is that there is no evidence showing that they used encryption. And in fact, as it turns out, the attackers from the cell phones that the, the authorities recovered showed that they were coordinating and sending texts using open, unencrypted SMS texting. Still, they're going to come after encryption. So you want to get that capability put in place now. Now, we've talked about burner phones and the use of burner phones. And there is an article, well, it was a posting over on GorillaAmerica.com that Sam Culper put up that shows a chart, what he calls a good chart of rules for the use of burner phones. What's interesting is that the, the handbooks, when contrasted with each other, that, jihadi, that jihadists use and the GCHQ security organization under the British government match one another. It says handbooks show that as early as 2003, jihadi security measures match those of British Britain's spy agency, GCHQ. And there's actually some really good guidance that we've tried to pass along before. I know Sam Culper has tried to pass on as well, and they still apply. Rules for effectively getting the most effective use out of your burner phones. Throw away phones that are bought with no contract and airtime cards. Some of those are remove the batteries when you're not actually using it. Maintain closed networks. Route phone calls. Protect your location. Compartmentalize devices, avoid registered landlines, dispose of 
compromised equipment and use payphones or out of network calls. So all of this is listed right down here on this chart. I'll have that linked for you as well. If you want to, you could just go to guerrillamerica.com and look for the article, Good Chart of Rules for the Use of Burner Phones. Now remember, there are a couple different things here that we mentioned. One is anonymity and the other is security. Those are not necessarily the same thing. Ideally, what you want is anonymity to make it difficult for them to connect dots in relationships and organizational structures. So anonymity using tails for any of your online activity will greatly reduce the risk of compromise. Anonymous emails that are not attached to your identity, like having your name or your FCC call sign, etc., in your email address. Uh, using overseas hosted servers for emails such as protonmail.ch, startmail.com, or unseen.is. We've talked about these many times before. And there are many different ways that you can achieve anonymity or at least make it much more difficult and layered, a layered presence, which is what the Tor network is based on the Onion Router Network. Now we're talking about anonymity versus security. Now security is not necessarily hiding who you are. You just don't want them reading what you have to say. Some great things that you can use, incorporate into the email that you already have is encryption using GPG or Virtru. Uh, I'm not sure if I have gotten over my trust issues with that. I, I need to research that. It appears that that is a Microsoft product. So uh, automatically that raises red flags for me as far as security and anonymity goes. But uh, I'm a firm believer in, in Enigmail using GPG with the Thunderbird email service, which is a product of Mozilla, Mozilla. So there's two different things here, anonymity and security, uh, security or encryption. And they're not necessarily the same thing. So Take the time to learn as much as you can about both and ways that you can make your online presence and activities anonymous. And even if they do know who you are, what you are saying is kept secure. Anyway, we've covered that at great length uh, you know, in the past, and we will keep revisiting that. That's about all I have this week for volume 26 of Partisan Radio. Thank you all for being out there. I look forward to seeing you on the nets and on the air. Until next week, this is John Jacob Schmidt. Out. As ready, trained communicators, right up to the present time, radio hams have been busy every single minute. The ever-increasing group of radio amateurs who have equipped themselves at their own expense with two-way radio sets by amateurs who saw their opportunity to render a public service and paid off for Americans in trouble. <laughs>